Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Ksenia. And we're the co-founders of Leone, a virtual skincare consultancy designed to help you understand your skin and what products to buy. This is our podcast, The Skin Interview, bringing you open, honest conversations around the noisy skincare industry. Want the lowdown on current skincare hot topics and key products to look out for? Each week, we interview industry brand authorities, personalities, and some of our go-to skin gurus covering the topics that really matter. Hi, everyone. Hello. And welcome back. Hey, Xen. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm good. I'm tired. It's late. Usually, we do this in the morning. I know. It's like 10 p.m. <laughs> I know, because I'm leaving in the morning. I'm so excited. I'm going to Texas for two weeks, Montana, full American experience. You get to ride a horse for a week. Being the whole countryside, nature, it's crazy. I saw some pictures from the the previous trips you did there, and it's like it looks absolutely insane. I'm just really not good with horses, so (laughs) it's not really my thing. (laughs) You would fully hate it. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be in my environment. (laughs) But guys, Megan is like working cowboy boots. She has like flare jeans. She has like a hat. She's like a completely other person in Texas. Yeah, you can't get more American than what I'm going to go do for a week. But Xen, what's the update? What's the size of the baby this week? You haven't told me the fruit. It's not yet the time, but on Thursday, so technically after tomorrow, it's going to be a pomegranate. A pomegranate. Yes. That's so cute. That's cute. It's still small, to be honest. Yeah. So how's your skin? My skin's been doing great, actually. But uh, you know this product we love from Exuvians, the glycolic polish? Mm-hmm. I did the mistake of doing it right after my bath and my skin was like very like pores, you know, very open, a bit red. And I think it was a bit too much. It really works well when you, when you don't do anything. You overdo it with this product, I think, because you love it. No, I'm not overdoing it. I promise you I'm not overdoing it. Since we talked last time, I'm not overdoing it anymore. But I did it at the wrong time, which is a good lesson, guys. Like don't use any type of chemical exfoliant after a steam or after a bath because your skin is way more sensitive than usual. But generally speaking, you shouldn't do your skincare routine right after you get out of a hot shower and you shouldn't be having super hot showers for long anyways. Okay. Okay. No, seriously, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. You have to wait till your skin cools down if you really yeah. want to do the right thing, which is true. After a workout, after a long, long hot shower, you need to wait. Which makes sense because then, you know, when you apply a product, like you kind of sweat it out, which is a bit weird. So you have to wait. Yeah. My skin's good. I'm still using the face gym stuff. So I've been trialing the face gym products. I'm so obsessed with the cleanser, the electrolyte cleanser. It's amazing. It's like a very, um, very weird texture. Like it doesn't really froth. I don't know how to explain it. It's like a gel, but it doesn't like, I don't know, strip your skin back. It's super nice. We actually got one question uh, this week, Megs. So I haven't told the, the question to Megan yet. Which category of product in your routine would you choose to spend most on? So I would say serums, number one, because those are the type of products that's really going to change something in your skin. And I would also say uh, if you have to like prioritize them, for me it would be serums, it would be exfoliants because I think they have to be well formulated to work well on your skin. And then uh, cleansers, moisturizers, for me, they're not uh, the biggest priority. And um, sunscreen, uh, what about sunscreen, Megs? I would probably splurge first for an SPF, to be honest. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. But I think I'm funny about cleansers as well. Like I don't, like I really, like I've tried a bunch of pharmacy cleansers and still my favorite is Exuviant, so I'd probably splurge on a cleanser. Um, But I agree with you, something like a well-formulated serum that can do a lot, which I think we're moving more towards these products that can do a lot rather than having, you know, 10 products that all do kind of one specific thing. So I think, I think a serum is worth it, but I really just just think that it depends on the formulation. Like it doesn't, and I think that you'll probably talk about this in the podcast, but the price point doesn't necessarily mean that the quality of the product is going to be better. It's more about the formulation. So I think that you can get, um, you know, incredible products at any price, but I, I do feel like you should splurge on something that's going to make you feel better. So if it's um, a cleansing balm, for example, like I love the Amora Visa cleansing balm. I love the Argentum cleansing balm. They're super expensive, but it's such a nice ritual in your routine. So I do think that rather than focusing necessarily on the step, um, maybe focus a bit more on how it's going to make you feel. I don't know. 
completely agree. But I think like for someone who's really starting in skincare, like in skincare, first of all, you have to do a consultation with us because we help you to structure your skincare regime. But also that's a good also, like it's just a good way to see things and be like, okay, first, you know, I'll invest in serums, then you wait a little bit. And then when you can splurge a bit more, you splurge, for example, on cleansers. And then like step-by-step step, you get a skincare regime that makes sense too. And you really prioritize formulation. But it's true that it completely depends from one one skin to another. It depends on your budget, depends on your beliefs. So it's a, it's quite a hard question, to be honest. Yeah, there's no right answer. But I do think that based on the products that we recommend, probably a serum is something that we usually recommend that's a bit more expensive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to find out uh, what should be your priority and where you should splurge, uh, the best way is to, uh, is to do a consultation with us because we help you to, uh, we curate your skincare regime for you. And not only that, we'll tell you exactly what type of priorities you should have when buying products. So you know exactly what's important for your skin in particular and then what can wait and what could be just, you know, an extra step in your routine. Yeah. More of a booster. And this week, Megs, we um, have an amazing podcast because I had uh, the chance to interview Irene Forte, who launched her skincare brand called Irene Forte Skincare. And um, I received a few products. I tried them. I really love them. I feel like the aesthetic of the brand and the, like the ethos of the brand is really me in a sense. Like it's very like minimal, but like all kind of like natural but not natural exactly it's like so my vibe so i absolutely love the products and we talked about um luxury products um you know how uh what does it mean really today to be a luxury brand it was very interesting to see how we evolved you know from where we were like 10 years ago with like all those big corporation like louder etc to today in a market that is a way more niche in, in terms of luxury. So you have, for example, Augustinus Butter, then you have Tata Harper, then you have Erin Forte also like would fall in that category. Uh, so it was very interesting to have that conversation with her. Yeah, I think now it's much more exclusive than it was because I think that luxury went a different direction. Obviously, so Xenia and I studied luxury brand management in our master's. So we're very familiar, I think, with the subject of luxury and what luxury means. But I think we've definitely moved away from La Mer and these huge luxury brands that are charging crazy amounts for, you know, creams that the formulation is a little bit questionable to much more this kind of niche uh, luxury brand where, yeah, formulation is first. Exactly. The technology behind the ingredients used, you know, like everything is well thought and that's what makes the product luxury, uh, luxurious. I'm sure you're going to enjoy the podcast if you have any question about what it means to be a luxury product in the beauty industry. Um, and I think this, um, this is very educational, so I hope you're going to like it. So hi everyone, I'm Xenia and I'm the co-founder of Leon and welcome to our podcast, The Skin Interview. So I'm super happy to have with me today, Irene Forte, founder of the brand Irene Forte Skincare. And you probably have seen those super chic and minimalist skincare products on Netta Porter or even at Liberty. I have actually been following Irene and her brand for a while, so it's really lovely to have her here with us. Uh, thank you so much for joining well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be uh, on with you. Me too, because as as I said to uh, to Irene just before, I had the chance to uh, receive some of her products, and uh, I absolutely love them. So I can't wait to find more about the formulation, the products, etc. So I'm very happy to have you here with me. So our topic that we're covering today is one that I really enjoy personally. Uh, because we are going to talk about style and substance, so the true meaning of luxury skincare. And we will also delve into what makes a luxury product unique. And uh, fun fact, so Megan and I actually studied luxury brand management, and that's how we met. And so the topic of luxury is one that I'm very fond of. So I guess before we open up the project, Irene, it would be amazing if you can just introduce yourself and talk a little bit more about your brand and then you know we can we can just jump into it and, and discuss other things sure so I mean you've already done an introduction for me I'll maybe tell you a little bit about um why I had the crazy idea to start a skincare line I'd been working with my family's business which is Rocco Forte Hotels for nine years and I was actually overseeing more of HR, so learning and development, and doing a lot of wellness for our team and for our people. And then I kind of started getting involved in the spas on the side. 
And I worked with the spas for a number of years, helping them out. And during that time, working with the spas, I kind of saw the opportunity for natural uh, formulations to be improved by scientific insight. And um, I was also maybe a little bit itching to be do my own thing. I think I had a, a career working for my family, which was fantastic but I also kind of wanted to prove myself uh, on my own a little bit. And I had the perfect base from which to start a skincare line with our organic farm in Sissi at Verdura Resort. So one of the Rocco Forte properties where I worked for almost a year helping out there. And then I just knew that I needed a brilliant scientific mind to help me kind of bring the science behind the brand to life because I didn't want naive natural. I wanted natural that really works. And so after a number of months of research, I came across the amazing Dottoressa Ferri of Effigy Lab in Trento. And in fact, just as an aside, I wanted to create an Italian brand. Rocco Forte Hotels was uh, is predominantly based in Italy with the majority of their hotels in Italy. I was launching a brand predominantly for their spas. And as an Italian person that sounds like an English person, I'm 100% Italian. And so doing something Italian was very important to me, even if I don't sound Italian. So anyway, I came across Dottoressa Ferri. She has been formulating uh, skincare for over 35 years, always with an organic cosmetic matrix, so always natural, but always sensible. And she loved the ideas of using the ingredients from the farm. And she, she loved the concept that I wanted to bring across for the line, so sustainable, luxury, natural that worked using, uh, well, with Sicilian inspiration. And, and so we started working together in 2014. And it took us three years to launch the line. And over that time, we had the amazing advantage of uh, using the Rocco Forte Spa therapists and professionals to really try and test the brand and they're a tough act to please I think and so over those three years we we created this line which we launched so natural plant-based formulations inspired by the Mediterranean diet using ingredients that we grow at our organic farm in Sicily that are of course guided by science thanks to Dr. Issa Ferri and clinically proven and then the other important thing to say is that they're really um that they're that they're very kind on the skin. So um, I didn't do what a lot of natural brands traditionally do. So um, I don't use essential oils. I used uh, we created a lab formulated allergen screen fragrance because we didn't want essential oils, which can be highly allergenic on the skin and cause skin problems. So our products really have low allergenic potential, and in fact, to prove that we then clinically approved our facial range on sensitive skin. And then I guess the other thing to highlight is that I wanted to create a brand with sustainability at its heart. That's amazing. It's actually incredible how you, um, you know, pivoted from one business to another and also how um, even by doing that, you just preserved, you know, the core of the brand. So like, like you said, Italian based and having also this luxury, you know, aspect in mind. So I think it's, it's great. And we love meeting, you know, any type of entrepreneur, like especially in the beauty industry. And we know how, difficult it is when you're not if you haven't you know been introduced to, to the industry itself before that or haven't worked in it it's always very hard to start something from scratch this is something that actually we experienced with Megan you know in the very beginning of Leon it's like two novice like exploring the industry <laughs> the beauty industry world um, so I, I really get uh, what you're doing and honestly um, to where you are right now you know with the products and where you are also like represented on different online shops etc who are extremely reputable um it means you know that you uh you completely succeeded till now so that's amazing thank you i'm not sure i completely succeeded but it's a journey and i think if i look back two years ago and thought i would be where i am today i would have said no way so in in that sense it means it's it's a journey that's going well i guess so it is a success a small success in the path you know what i mean it's a, it's a first step which is amazing you know i would love to know also a little bit more about your, um, like what really inspired your brand. And, you know, because you shared a little bit more about formulation. So what was, you know, important for you, et cetera. But like, where did the the idea like of the brand and like, how did you develop this specific brand? Like what was exactly in your mind? Is there anything, you know, that 
I don't know, ex except the previous experience, work experience you had at Work of Forte, is there anything else that, you know, motivated you or inspired you to create uh, Iran Forte Skincare? So I think the first point is probably having a, a luxury brand, something that was luxurious because I was creating it for a luxury hotel chain. So it had to be luxurious. And for me, luxury isn't about being flash or uh, overpackaged or having a ridiculous ingredient just because of the sake of being able to then call it luxury because it's got gold in it or something. For me, luxury is about being able to choose the highest quality materials, be it for packaging, um, be it for ingredients, and really not skimping out in any stage of that process. So I produce everything in Italy. I decided not to do it in China because A, I didn't find it sustainable, but B, I wanted to kind of control all aspects of my supply chain. And that's also luxury in some way for me and for me luxury are things that are simple and elegant and clean and as I said not overpackaged. so that was like the first point second point was definitely that I I knew given that it was being created for spas that it had to be um, experiential so the organoleptic properties of the product smell uh, texture look and feel of the products were incredibly important. And, and that's why, for instance, I didn't go down the fragrance-free route because I believe that actually the fragrance of a product really helps sometimes drive the benefit of a product because if you enjoy putting it on, um, then it also kind of lifts your mood and then benefits uh, the functionality. And that's called, for me, psychocosmetics. And it's something that Dr. Ferry believes in a lot as well so who formulates for me and then the other point was obviously starting with Sicilian ingredients with ingredients that we had on our organic farm in Sicily so olive oil sweet almond oil aloe leaf juice um, we use white wine from Di Giovanna's vineyard in Sicily which is a wine that I was drinking at the resort um, we use a water called Gerachi water, which is a water that I was also drinking at the resort, which is from the north of Sicily. So integrating these elements, because also Sicily, Verdura is where we have our largest spa, our destination spa. So I thought if I could create a Sicilian brand that tied to our most important spa in the group, then it made sense for the rest of the hotels too. And then sustainability was also a really important point for me. Personally, I mean, I, over, I was overseeing sustainability for Rocco Forte Hotels and I saw how difficult it was to integrate sustainable practices into a business that had been doing things in a certain way for decades. And, and, and when there's so many stakeholders involved. So if you do something sustainably from the beginning and that your price is more expensive as a result from the beginning, your cost price that is, then it's not going to affect your bottom line later. Whereas if later when you're already selling millions of products, you decide to launch refillables that are going to cost you 50 pence more per per product then that's gonna hugely affect your bottom line so I thought let's do it from the beginning I really believe in doing a brand with sustainability at its heart so that was an important aspect which obviously dictated packaging why it's so minimalist why it's glass why the papers are these recycled fibers and obviously also the element I wanted to bring out the naturalness of the brand through the packaging and the compare mm -hmm. And I think you touched on something that is very interesting is that, you know, it, it's completely true that all those big players, you know, like in any of the industries today that has proven, you know, so much revenue in the past few years and have a model that is very rigid and that is working, they're now facing those challenge that, you know, sustainability has become something that is so important to incorporate. And unfortunately, with the supply chain that they have and, you know, the way they work, it's uh, practically impossible to uh, to really get that, you know, into their brand and to have that. And even, I don't know if you agree with me, but even to have it in a legitimate way, in an honest way, because most of them, when you see them, you're like, oh, you know, you're just trying to touch down the trend and be part of it. And that's why it's so interesting, too, because the luxury, the term luxury has evolved so much over the years. And in the past, you know, when... When you would, for example, define a luxury product in the beauty industry, 
you would really think about the big, uh, you know, players in the in that industry, like Estee Lauder, L'Oréal, LVMH, Shiseido, La Mer, La Prairie, also like that are more independent, but still, you know, you have this perception of luxury, um, and they those brands, you know, they often promises, uh, you know, game changing formulation. But they also come in a very like shiny and luxury packaging, um, because that's how they tell the, the the story of the brand. And I think that the way you described uh, how you see luxury, so something you know more subtle, more delicate, something that is still very efficient and gives you an incredible experience. I completely agree with that. I think that's the true meaning, you know, of luxury. And that has, like you said, highest ingredients. That's what the new type of meaning of luxury has become today. And it's so interesting to see, uh, you know, some, some innovation in that specific category in the beauty industry, uh, because those brands, they actually invest more in high tech formulation, uh, and also, uh, focusing on sustainability. And that's very exciting and something that, you know, it's going to just, switch around um, all the luxury meaning in the in this industry and many of those brands you know today that are still leading the, the luxury category um, they're only here because you know they have a huge marketing budget they have super intense what retail agreements they're a bit everywhere you know like you, you you see those names like and yeah and and it's just interesting to see that the luxury landscape is changing uh, and that we see upcoming brands just like yours that are just shifting around the perception that we have about about luxury and, and really redefining it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also something that I learned from my family's um, business, actually, because my aunt, who does all the interior design for the hotels, for Rocco Forte Hotels, we had this saying, and when, when they launched the company, and it was very new at the time, it was the art of simple luxury. So it was all about not being ostentatious, not being OTT, but actually creating a home away from home, which is now used all the time by hotels and things, but creating something that felt real, uh, unique to the location and really a home away from home. And I think that's also kind of something that came across that's happening now in the skincare space and elsewhere and in fashion and all sorts of industries that it's not about being ostentatious or overtly glamorous it's about like simple beautiful clean cuts things that are like relevant to the place the right materials and yeah so it's 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 moving in that way which is exciting I think it's super exciting and we we're moving away from those big brands you know and actually enjoy like seeing the rise of sustainability especially now, because, you know, I think with the current climate of like COVID, et cetera, we also, we just became a bit more conscious about the way, you know, we spend our money or the way, you know, we like, we support certain brands, like we truly understand now, like what makes, especially the new generation too, like that you actually invest into an idea and not only into a product. So that's why it's, it's super exciting to see, you know, this shift happening in the beauty industry, but also in the consumer minds. Um, and I think it's just the beginning of it because it's just going to continue this way, hopefully. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the, the formulation that, you know, the different formulation, because you work closely uh, with someone who has developed all the different formulation. You picked up, you know, certain ingredients. Um, how, like, what makes it, what makes your formulation result-driven? Because I think that was something very important um, in your brand and still is something very important. And what do you think about the quality of the ingredients, like how they actually contribute to the to the product's uh, quality and efficacy, you know, when they're all formulated together? So I think that the, the most important thing to say in the first instance is that we believe that natural ingredients are a great place to start, but that not everything in nature is skin kind. So you could take poison ivy or, you know, another ingredient that actually... Um, can actually be very damaging on the skin. And, and an example of that is I'm, I'm not a strong advocate of essential oils. And so for, that's why, as I already told you, we formulate, we create a lab formulated fragrance that's allergen screen. So it doesn't have those allergens to be kind on the skin. I think the other thing to say is that we believe in using clinically proven ingredients of course so very active ingredients that we know work that are tested to work and that includes things like some bio-based peptides like hibiscus seed peptides 
green pea polypeptides, we use different molecular weights of hyaluronic acid. And we choose ingredients that we know work in harmony with one another and complement the skin's kind of natural biochemistry. So we don't want to integrate 50 ingredients into a product just for marketing purposes, just to say we've got all these ingredients, you know, and here, look, wow, all these things mixed together, because I don't believe that that's actually sensible skincare. And the reality is mixing 50 natural ingredients in probably means that you're someone's going to end up having a reaction to to, to at least one of those so we believe in the concentration and combination of ingredients and um, each one is really scientifically calculated and another thing that's quite interesting is that Dr Ferry's run a number of tests to show that the percentage of a certain active ingredient its benefits often actually diminish past a certain point so it's not that more is always better and that's a really important Point to say because I think there's a lot of marketing out there that's kind of like 40% of this and and actually like we have lots of graphs which show here's an ingredient the more here's the percentage so basically that you know we have curves which show that the efficacy of an ingredient increases and then actually decreases again past a certain percentage so with Dr. Ferry we've been able to really like put ingredients in at the concentration and to exacting standards to achieve maximum efficacy and also minimal side effects. So that's been very much our, our approach. And then, of course, testing products, doing efficacy tests on the final formula, doing uh, tests on sensitive skin to ensure that they really are kind on the skin. We've done hydration trials, anti-wrinkle trials, um, all sorts of different trials to prove that um, it is natural skincare that works, basically. Mm -hmm. I think that's brilliant, you know, that you have all those uh, different like studies and all the different tests that you've done. Um, because, you know, also if we if we look at the luxury categorization in the beauty industry, um, it doesn't have like any regulation uh, around the term. Any brand can say that they are actually a luxury brand, even if it doesn't really make sense because you, we still, you know, perceive certain brands luxury, certain brands not. Um, but it's really to highlight that, you know, it's, it's run around loosely and that if you want to really invest into a brand that you think falls in this category, they need to prove, you know, what makes them luxury. And I think it's super important to have the studies, et cetera, and those result-driven ingredients because that's what makes you also, uh, you know, more honest as a brand, but also more efficient. And as a consumer, that's what you're looking for. Like if you invest into something, you want to make sure that it actually works, which is very important and not because the brand has a certain name. Um, that you trust, you know, because of marketing, etc. So super important. And I love the fact that, you know, I completely agree with you. I think that nowadays there's also ingredient washing. So a little bit like green washing where people put lots of ingredients and lots of ingredients that you hear about in the press here and there, like hyaluronic acid combined with this, with that. And, and sometimes, you know, what truly makes a product incredible, it's when it is present in the right way in the formulation. Uh, I mean, the ingredients in the formulation. So I think that, you know, respecting those ingredients too and really put them in their best shape in a product is also a form of luxury. A hundred percent. And you asked me the question as well about the quality of ingredients that go in of an ingredient. There are high quality versions of something and a poor quality of, of something, version of something. And not all pistachio oils are the same because often it's also the the extraction technique used to take out that active, for instance, like there's an extraction technique called lipholization, which Ferry uses a lot, where she actually really pres preserves the active substance within an ingredient and really ensures that we get the best parts of that ingredient. Um, so quality of ingredients definitely makes a difference. And even analysis of what's in those ingredients, so, you know, Often there's a lot of stuff like, okay, we've got sweet almond oil, which has omega-3, 6, and 9. But have you really tested that the sweet almond oil that you're using actually has omega-3, 6, and 9? So also testing the quality um, 
of the active ingredient that you have is is an interesting and I think important thing to do. And you can do these in Italian. It's called like quali quantitative tests. So you get all the details of what's in that pistachio oil or or something else. So we look to do that. And of course, I I haven't mentioned, but we source a lot of our ingredients from our organic farm in Sicily. And of course, I've done the qualitative tests on those to check that they're actually good, because you you never know. Um, so that that too, no quality of ingredients extraction technique is also really important because no, even if it's the same ingredient, it's not often the same. That's super interesting. I think we can jump into um, into the products. I'm super excited. Like I said, I tried them and I really love it. I think that the first one I tried was actually Prickly Pear Face Cream. I was super impressed by the smell of it because it doesn't smell fragrance, but it just smells fresh. And now that you told your whole history about Sicily and the garden... <laughs> Every time I'm going to open this, I'm going to think about that. It's good. It's meant to transport you to the Mediterranean. And that was also the whole spa experience thing. We wanted people to feel like they were being transported because having fragrance free, it doesn't really do that in a spa environment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and when I tried this product, I... I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a bit scared. I was like, oh, you know, maybe it's going to be too thick because I have a combination skin, especially in summer. It gets, you know, quite congested and it's humid, especially. I don't know if you're in London right now, but like yeah, the past few days. It's so, so humid right now. I'm like starting to, my hair is horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> exactly. Thank God we're not recording the, the video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, because me too. I really look like, I don't know, <laughs> like I just woke up, you know. Um, but yeah, and and honestly, when I tried it, uh, I think it goes super well into the skin. It doesn't leave any film, any greasiness, but your skin still feels very hydrated and nourished. And as someone, again, that has, you know, um, some congestion and a combination skin that tends to become quite oily during summer, it didn't felt heavy at all. It felt quite comforting, actually. Uh, for my skin and even throughout the day you know I didn't feel like it made my skin more greasy or more oily so I I really love those type of moisturizer and I think it's important to have those type of formulation because no matter what skin type you have your moisturizer should be there to comfort the barium function of your skin and create that don't want to say occlusive because it's a scary word but create that barrier also that protects your skin from for example, sun application that you can apply after or just from the environment because it also helps to limit transparent epidermal water loss. It helps to, you know, keep everything um, nice within the skin and not have a skin that overreacts. So, yeah, so I would love to know more about this product and also, you know, like anything you want to highlight with the formulation um, and also like how is it like common, the, what I told you, like that people, you know, sometimes they think it can be thick, but actually it works, you know, perfectly on, on even like oily skin. Yeah, so I'll answer your, your last question first. In general, our products are very rich in texture but they're designed to absorb very quickly and not leave you exactly as you said with greasy, sticky skin because they, they do absorb very quickly. And that's thanks to wonderful Dr. Ferry and her, her talent in formulations because it's not easy to achieve, especially with natural, natural formulations, natural emulsifiers. Everything's a bit more challenging when you when you go down the natural route versus the more chemical route. And then in terms of that product itself, well, as you'll see in the name, there's prickly pear in there. And prickly pear is everywhere in Sicily. Uh, it's an amazing ingredient. The prickly pear polysaccharides, effectively, they're like a plant version of hyaluronic acid because it's a cactus plant. And so in, it soaks up water like, like, a, like hyaluronic acid, like a sponge, and holds um, 100 times its weight in water. So effectively, it, it's an incredibly hydrating ingredient. And then in that product as well, I mean, there's a mix of lots of ingredients that come up. Again, we have a lot of omega-rich oils in there, so omegas 3, 6, and 9. And, and then the, the star ingredient in there is myoxinol which uh, is uh, hibiscus seed peptides. So 
uh, comes from the hibiscus flower seeds. And this is a clinically proven ingredient. It's really been dubbed the Botox plant because it acts like Botox to reduce uh, lines. And it's it's been shown to kind of freeze the face. And in fact, this product that you've got combined with my other three, my other two, my, my Oxanol products, it's a regime of three are clinically proven to reduce, uh, visibly reduce even the forehead wrinkles and to continue to reduce over time. So it's not a superficial effect. Uh, we prove that it gets more and more noticeable the longer the regime is used. So that's actually my star top selling day moisturizer. So you picked well. I did. I did. Yeah, that's the first product I tried also. Um, and I think you touched on something that was very interesting too, in terms of the, you know, the texture of the, of the moisturizer that, you know, it, it's meant to be rich, but then it's meant also to be, to, to, to really penetrate well the skin. Um, do you feel that this also is a criteria of what makes, for example, a moisturizer more luxury in a way than other moisturizers that you can find on the market? Because like you said, like if you have synthetic or chemical type of ingredients, it doesn't work the same way, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is the reality is the traditional luxury creams had a lot of um, silicones or petroleums, which actually tended to feel luxurious because you feel like you've got this suddenly like your skin's like plump because you've got this layer of this occlusive layer of something that's just gone even if it doesn't absorb so I don't know because I think people still perceive that a little bit as as luxury to be honest but as we were saying I mean it's changing the the market's changing people are starting to understand more natural textures what they feel like but I think my products are very much a hybrid between traditional feeling textures and the more natural kind of newer textures I, th I think my formulations still feel quite traditional yeah it does yeah completely. and I, I think that's because fairy Dr. Ferry is in her late 60s and you know she's still very traditional in her approach yeah that's great so you have like a mix you know a little bit in the brand Amazing. Then the next product I wanted to talk about. So it's as if I was doing my morning and my evening skincare regime a little bit, but it's the hibiscus um, age defying lift. So the serum. And again, smells divine, goes extremely well into the skin. And I think it's, you know, it's a great serum because it does, you know, hydrate the skin. It feels a little bit more plumper. It feels like nice and ready for the next product in line. It doesn't feel again sticky or as if you know, like you could finish your routine right now. It, it goes well with the with just the, the the layering with other products, which I love personally, especially in summer. Again, you don't want to have like anything sticky, anything that's thick on your skin. So it works perfectly. Um, and I would love again to know more about this product and you know how you developed it, maybe and how maybe you use it in your skincare regime. Sure. So this, uh, as you said, it absorbs immediately. So it leaves your skin feeling quite tight almost um, and quite lifted. And in fact, then it's perfect to follow with a moisturizer. So I actually use it day and night after my cleansing toner step and before my moisturizer or oil step. And this serum is part of that myoxinal regime. So with the prickly pear face cream and the hibiscus night cream. So it's one of the products that's also clinically proven to visibly reduce wrinkles, like when used in combination with the other two. And it has some really nice other ingredients in there too. So green pea polypeptides, which are another bio-based peptide, which is clinically proven to lift the skin as well we have uh, ceramides in there so we have four different ceramides in there which are really important to protect skin prevent moisture loss hydrate we naturally have ceramides in our skin which reduce uh, as as we age uh, different molecular weights of hyaluronic acid so to give the skin lots of hydration uh, still some nice omega rich oils and and a few other ingredients in there so a very nice active Serum still clinically approved for sensitive skins and not aggressive. Yeah, that's designed to lift and immediately absorb and plump the skin, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly how it felt, to be honest. <laughs> so it felt great. I didn't know you could use it also in the morning. Does it have like any, 
antioxidant property, you know, that can also help to protect your skin from environmental triggers like pollution, etc. Yeah, so all of our products are strong antioxidants. So we use a lot of ingredients in our products that act as antioxidants. And in fact, this product's proven in laboratory trials to, to fight free radicals. So yes, is the answer. Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, you can use it morning and evening. Because it does have this protection and then, you know, it does have this plumpness that you want to get also at night when your skin is working a bit harder uh, than during the day. Great. And now, so the, the last product is the night moisturizer. Um, so again, you know, it smells just amazing. And I'm very surprised that you managed to, you know, make those products smell so good, but still uh, they are completely designed for with sensitive skin in mind because it's so you know i know megan for example the, the other co-founder of Leon, she has a super sensitive skin and every time she opens a product and she smells it she's like oof you know i don't know if it's gonna make any good for my skin i'm not sure etc uh but it's amazing to have that uh you know also in the back of your brand making sure you know that those products can also be used for sensitive skin And it's, it's amazing too, because those with sensitive skin, they can also enjoy, you know, other type of products that, like you said, deliver something a bit more like a real experience into it and not just, you know, a product plain that, you know, can just apply on your skin. Now, it's so interesting you say that because we were, I was doing kind of a marketing strategy meeting last week and we were saying, like, we really need to market this as like, For sensitive skin but it's got fragrance kind of thing because it's true everyone with sensitive skin scared of anything that's fragrance so um no it's a good, nice that you said that interesting yeah that. no it's very interesting and so for the night moisturizer can you tell a bit more like what makes it more special how is it different from the day moisturizer you know often people that like often we also say during a consultation that sometimes you can use the same moisturizer evening and morning. Sometimes when you approach a certain age, it's good to have like different formulation because it gives different benefits to the skin. So it's even better for the skin. So how did you, how did you develop this product and um, how is it different from the, from the other moisturizer? So this product's definitely richer than the other moisturizer and richer on the skin as well. Um, in the sense that it doesn't absorb as quickly. It feels a bit more like a mask in a sense and that you wake up the next day really with very hydrated, plump feeling skin. But for most people who are then going to go and put sun cream on top and then do their makeup on top, it's a bit rich for their day. And so it was really designed For that reason uh, with uh, the night time in mind it also has myoxinal in it so there's hibiscus seed peptides it's part of that regime regime to reduce wrinkles and then it has a lot of ingredients to kind of protect and nourish the skin overnight as well so a lot of omega rich oils in there It has uh, the four different ceramides as well, which are really important, as I already said, to protect uh, the skin and keep it hydrated. Hyaluronic acid to hydrate the skin. There's also green pea polypeptides, so some other more anti-aging ingredients, ingredients to lift the skin. So it's kind of the pair with the hibiscus serum. They have a lot of ingredients in there that kind of They work together. Yeah, and it completely makes sense, you know, because the more you age, the more you lose um, some, you know, essential components in your skin. You have less lipids, obviously, like the, the, the skin is not performing as, and you know, the discoloration process is much more slower um, than it was when, when you were younger. And also, like, what we tend to forget is that your skin can age through a, like, obviously through through the years but also depending on your lifestyle depending you know on your environment you're living sometimes your skin can also age a little bit faster so it's always good to uh to assess your skin and making sure you know that uh you're responding well because your age doesn't define completely your skin um so it's very important to have that also perspective in mind when you choose something uh but yeah for sure it makes sense and and i think you know um anyone yeah with a more mature skin anyone dealing with like more you know, aging signs uh, that are a bit more increased that, than, than in others, uh, other skin, it makes sense to have something heavier at night because it just helps to deliver more, um, more ingredients and more benefits to the skin than it does during the day because during the day, obviously, like, there's many things happening. So it's not, it's not the same. 
Well, it was great to know more about the products and, you know, um, also about the formulation behind. I think it's, it's super interesting. Again, for anyone who wants to try them, it does really now smell like a CCD garden. <laughs> like very fresh very nice and yeah and i think it's uh it's amazing how you how you developed everything um i actually wanted to ask you something also so because you know the 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 mix of sustainability and luxury is still developing right now so there are some upcoming brands it's it's making a place right now so we are seeing more and more those type of brands what would be uh, your, uh, for someone, you know, with your experience at Work of Fortelsip, because you worked in sustainability and with the brand that you developed, is there any uh, tips and tricks you can give to any of our listeners on how to really pick the right luxury goods to make sure that it's also sustainable? Like what type of criteria they should be looking at? You know, is there any credentials also that you should be you should look at? I think it would be interesting uh, for anyone to know. Sure. So, I mean... It's always hard because I think you kind of have to do your research with brands if you really want to pick a sustainable brand because there's a lot of greenwashing, as we said, and, and a lot of brands that claim to be sustainable just because, I don't know, their delivery box is recycled or something. Um, because when I look at sustainability, I always look at people. So how a company looks after it's people, people come first, development of people, because that for me is sustainability, ultimately. Community, so how a company involves itself in their local community, how they promote the community, charitable work that they do, uh, where they source from, uh, etc. And then planet. So planets are like obviously the most obvious one, it's waste. Uh, what materials they use uh, in terms of their packaging, in terms of their final product, where they source their materials from. Are they pledging to be carbon neutral by 2030? Are they uh, looking at where their water waste? Are they looking at their paper waste? Are they looking, trying to reduce plastics? I guess all these things. But as I said, sustainability is a journey. And as long as a brand is showing that they're doing something and that they've got goals to do more, then I think that's a good thing because for small brands, it's particularly difficult to do certain things. Like when I started, I really wanted to do refillables when I launched, which I'm actually launching next month, finally, the first ones. But at the time, the minimum quantities were so high that there was just no option for me to do it as a small brand. Same goes with bio-based plastic. So when I launched... I had a foamer in plastic, some products in plastic because there was I couldn't do bio-based plastic because the minimum quantity was 10K per product. And for me, as a small brand, that was I was not even nearly there. So things get easier as, as you grow as well. And in terms of accreditation, uh, in the UK and actually in France, positive luxury is quite a good one. And there, because I'm actually accredited by Positive Luxury and their accreditation process is very rigorous. It's the butterfly mark. And then, of course, B Corporation is another big one to look out for. And I, in fact, I've just done the application for B Corp. And then there's other ones like EcoAge is another one that's quite a good accrediting body or just like general other accreditations like, uh, I don't know, with Skincare, Leaping Bunny, Vegans. Uh, accreditations as different ones per country, um, soil association, all those ones are good to look for too, I guess. Yeah. And depending on what you want to support, you know, because like you, you said, there's different type of sustainability. There's different ways a brand can be sustainable. If you look at the different credential, you have so much information on what it takes for a brand to get it. And you'll see that some of them, uh, you know, especially cruelty free, some of them, they do have a very thorough process, you know, to get that application. Uh, you have an expert coming on site to making sure that, you know, you respond to the right criteria. But then you have others that is very, like, quite easy to get, you know. So if you want to make sure that uh, you investing in the right sustainable product, it's also a good way, to, if you see an accreditation, always make sure also to uh, look, you know, what it takes to have it behind it and what it actually means because, uh, you'll see that some of them, like you said, positive luxury, et cetera, like you can completely trust, but then there's others that are still, you know, not really clear about, you know, how the process is going, et cetera. But yeah, completely agree with you. And I think that's a great point. I think the, the sustainability in a, in a 
the whole inco environment of sustainability should be explored even more. Um, and you also mentioned something that is very interesting about the goals. I love that because uh, I I personally love uh, you know any type of sustainable brand. I'm always super interested, wanting to know to learn more and like you know and, and really get to know the brand, etc. And what makes them sustainable. And I think that when you see the goal of the brand and the mission of the brand. Um, in terms of like what impact they want to make, you know, uh, on the planet or as a sustainable brand is so important because even if they're not there yet, like you said, you know, in the beginning, you have those little issues, et cetera, you still have this goal in mind and you still went there and you still like now, you know, you, you have the ability to, you know, reach those goals. And I think it's so important to be transparent with them and to, uh, to mention them because that's how you also see, um, how far a brand is ready to go to really own, I would say, you know, being a luxury, sustainable brand, which is very interesting. Perfect, Tiran. Well, thank you so much. It was great speaking to you and getting to know more about your products. There's one product we haven't talked about, but that I received is the white tea body cream, which I am obsessed with it. <laughs> I had to mention that. When I put it on my body, I was like, oh my God, it smells so nice. It smells so fresh. I absolutely love it. And it goes well into skin. So even in summer, you know, yeah. super nice to, to apply. It's perfect for summer because it's really lightweight. It's like an emulsion, so it absorbs immediately, but super hydrating at the same time. Yeah. No, it's it's honestly it's incredible. I I absolutely oh, love you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but where, like, if anyone wants to learn more about the brand, or if anyone has any question, what's the best way to reach your Enforce skincare? Um, and you know, yeah, just to just for the listeners to know what to do next. So our website, probably first best place to go, renniefortaskincare.com or even Instagram is great. Uh, if you don't want to, if you want to shop, then Net-A-Port is global. So that's quite a good one. In London, if you want to go and store, Liberty is a good one. And then we're, we're actually really, we're in a lot of profumerie in uh, Italy. Um, lots, nowhere in France yet. And doing an, a, a big expansion in the US. So we're launching with Nordstrom and a few other big places, which is quite exciting. That's it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was insightful and that you learned more about what it means to be a luxury product and also learn more about Erin Ford's skincare line. Uh, which, as you saw, has an amazing um, story behind. Yeah, I think it's always nice to hear the story behind the brand because... It kind of puts a personality to the to the name. Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, I I received some of the products. I'm really excited to try them now, actually. Um, and all the packaging is so beautiful. So it's nice to see that she's kind of bringing the sustainability element as well. You're loving them, so I can't wait to try them. Yeah, and she also, you know, she does have like a an amazing experience because she worked. Uh, she obviously part of the Rocco Forte family, and she worked there, you know, and she work in sustainability so she really wanted to incorporate that also in her skincare line which I think is amazing so she really you know took all of her history like Italian heritage and also you know experience that she acquired and put everything into a skincare line that represents her well uh, in a sense I know amazing tool to do that too I feel like you mm -hmm. would love that if we weren't doing what we were doing I feel like you would love to be able to create it you would, you know exactly what you would do yeah I would but thank you so much, guys, and um, we'll find you here next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, and don't hesitate to contact us if you have any question. You can reach us on DM on leon.ldn or email us at hello at leonldn.co.uk. Don't forget to check out our website for more info on our virtual consultations and for bookings. It's time your skincare earned its place on your bathroom shelf.